What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Real Estate Virgins podcast. I'm Jordan Brown, John Michael Perez. Uh, This podcast is totally aimed at getting your real estate career kicked off in a good way. I mean, it's February already. I don't know how we're already just blew through January. We're rolling. We want to do the same for you. We go through advice, stories, motivation, all sorts of stuff real estate related so that you have a kick butt 2023 and beyond. And I am so excited for this episode because we have a third person joining us and it is the wonderful Mrs. Grace Moscatelli that is from the Bowerstock uh, team of the Home Loan Expert. She Texas. is... It's, it's actually the Home Loan Expert. What? Yeah, John. Yeah. My bad. Get it right. <laughs> the Home Loan Expert. Uh, she is so freaking awesome. She is like... One, you hear us talk about them all the time on the podcast. Um, they are our preferred lender that we use here in the area. Local, awesome, communicative. How's it going, Grace? We love you guys. Oh, we're so happy I'm to really have you happy here. happy to be here. It's my first podcast. Let's go. What? So I'm nervous, but excited. Nice. nice. Well, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, John was late. I know last week he called me out for being late, so I just wanted to make it, make it a point that he was late this time. So. Yes, I was. And I don't have an excuse. I was just hungry, and yeah. But... Traffic sucks. <laughs> Traffic yeah. Sucks hey, today. so I want to hype up Grace a little bit. Uh, I've been working with her for a couple of years now. Um, you were a preferred lender for a builder, and you worked with those clients. And then I was like, man, these guys have such an amazing experience, uh, as well as uh, I actually purchased my personal home with them as well. And they did such a great job, just so smooth communication. The thing is, is if you're a buyer or a real estate agent right now thinking, what should I look for in a lender? The two most important things is communication and client experience. And that's Grace. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. And that's why it's so important to try and do a good job on every deal because that's how we got you, you yeah. know? And actually, a third one is creativity because sometimes there are things that come up and um, <clears throat> the regular lender would not be able to close the loan. You got to be able to think fast, yeah. figure yeah. it out. Yeah, as things change, like we did a, a 2-1 buy down not too long ago. That was really, really awesome. It ended up being the the solution that worked best for my clients. And uh, yeah, I mean, Grace has been awesome for us. John, Aaron too. Aaron's yes, awesome. yes, sorry. We love I, you, Aaron. Yes. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but I got, I got hooked up with Grace from you because I had a terrible, terrible lending experience with a family member of mine who purchased with me. I wanted to make sure that never happened again. And if you have ever had a bad experience with a lender, it takes one bad one for you to go, nope, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and you you will like burn that bridge really quick. And Grace has been, I mean, from that moment forward, I have not had a single bad interaction. We We talk about it all the time. I always feel like a priority whenever I call, even though they have so much business going on. Um, my clients say the same thing. And that's the important part. We talk about like when you need to come up with creative solutions on the fly or things like that, time is of the essence. And the faster you can get that done, the better that is for your client. And it makes you look like a rock star as well. 
I've had such yeah. bad experiences with like big big time lenders where like I'm trying to get a hold of the processor or whoever whoever whoever's in charge. I don't even know who's in charge half the time. And mm-hmm. uh and then they're they need to talk to their guy and that guy needs to talk to their guy when in reality like I just got to talk to Grace and yeah. then Grace will mm-hmm. be like let me get back to you on that. And then uh in-house it, underwriting as well. Yeah, it can be really difficult with like the big box lenders because they're a corporation so they could be in indiana you never know where they are and there's so many different departments yeah. so it mm-hmm. can get really it can be hard to get what you need quickly a, a lot of time those big box lenders are also out of tune with what's going on in your local market yeah. so they're not as uh as keyed you know in tune with you know are we in an up market a down market like what are what are homes actually going for like some of their processes just aren't as uh fluid for a local purchase yeah and you'd be surprised how different even a market i think we've talked about this before even a market two hours from here Mm -hmm. might be completely different from how austin runs and does things absolutely for sure for sure well grace uh we're so excited to have you we wanted to kind of introduce you to our our audience and and get to know you um you know tell us about your background what did you do or what did you do before getting into lending Okay, so (laughs) this is weird because I knew I wanted to be a mortgage banker from the time I was like 18. What? I had, I loved real estate. My grandfather was in real estate, so I kind of grew up watching him do his thing. And I was like, okay, that's like, I'm going to be in real estate. And when I got introduced to mortgages, I was like, my one of my mom's best friends is a mortgage banker. So she kind of took me under her wing initially. And that was it. I've been doing it for, I think I got licensed in 2014. And I've just been doing mortgages for all this time. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty rare. Like I know I know real estate is like Who my... to be a mortgage banker? Like, <laughs> you do. Me. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like I remember like up until I was 29 years old, like real estate was never even on my mind. So it's, it's kind of cool that you were able to identify that as what you wanted to do. That's yeah. amazing. Like you, you skipped a lot of the in-between questioning and, and trying to find your way and what you're passionate about. So that's yeah. awesome. I mean, and that's the thing it takes. So this industry changes so much and it's so complicated that it takes years to get really, really good mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. Know? And it's awesome that how was how was your uh, weekend vacation by the way? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was so good. Nice. I went to a weekend detox and nice. I fasted. Really? Yeah, which was hard. I yeah. bet. <laughs> I feel super refreshed. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I know. And being in your field, I mean, in real estate in general, so stressful. And we need to make sure we take time for ourselves. Well, I think you can tell like like Grace is really passionate about this industry and we need more people like that because there's a lot of them who are kind of like the soulless space in this industry. There's a lot of like cutthroat, there's a lot of people who don't care and um that's unfortunate because you know when you meet someone like Grace and you are treated like a priority and you you feel like it's reciprocated, right? You understand our deadlines and you're you're working with us, not against us. So so it's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, like I've said this before, the person that cares the most wins the most. And that's why they win so much over theirs, because they care so much. Yeah, and like we'll tell people, like I get clients sometimes that are maybe looking at a new build 
And a lot of times it's hard to beat the builder's incentives. So even if maybe we're better on rate, like I'll still tell a client, hey, that's a better deal. You know, like I would love to work with you, but we just can't beat them. And I think being honest and just helpful is really goes a long way in this industry for sure. Yeah. And I've, I've dealt with that firsthand. Me too. I, I remember with, with Brittany uh, on Bastrop, she was originally trying with the, you know, the builder, there were some issues and Grace was able to, to get it done. Like, um, and I think you I guys, love her. yeah, she's awesome. She's and, and y'all still talk today, right? I know. <laughs> she sends me pictures of her like kitchen upgrades and things that she's yes. doing. It was so cool. Like, and that's like, I mean, that's, you're not going to get that with the big box brokerage. Like you think anyone at rocket mortgage gives a damn what you did they to your don't. kitchen? No. no. And if you don't hit every single check mark, they treat you like you're just, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. So, um, you know, the market's changing. I know like last weekend, uh, was, was kind of a, a weird anomaly maybe, or maybe the, the benchmark that's going to change the market. There was a lot of buyer activity. Um, there was an increase in the amount of pendings. There were actually 188 price increases versus 91 decreases, Ooh. which is kind of interesting. Now, granted, I don't know if that's a one-off. I don't know if this is, again, the turn of a market. We don't know. It's too early to tell. Grace, are you seeing anything differently? Yeah. I mean, we've definitely, like, applications have picked up, which has been amazing. We've been, people have been getting under contract without, you know, too much of a hassle we're still seeing some seller concessions you know which is great it's really helpful because then we can do things like the two one buy down or just a permanent rate buy down um but yeah this the past two months like january and december were kind of rough they were they were they were slow just slow yeah just slow you know people i think it's people are scared of the economy and the future and interest rates and all that but um yeah this month has been pretty solid so far so i'm I'm excited about that that's awesome i feel like there's just so much there's so much weird energy online like yeah you know there even within like the realtor space there's tons of realtors who are we've talked about like the headlines with the fire and and the downward arrows and like the panic that they're trying to like kind of instill in people. I think that's so garbage. I think they're clout chasers though. Like, I mean, negative news sells triggers, triggers yeah. an emotion and yeah. gets people to want to comment, to reply and to, you know, ever since I've got in this industry, I've had people tell me this reason, this reason, this reason why things won't work. And <laughs> yeah. they always do. Yeah. So, and then like they miss out and then, get mad that they missed out and it's like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you have a client once that like didn't uh, pull the trigger and now like they're regretting it? <laughs> okay. It's so, so funny common. you bring that up because he messaged me like two, two nights ago or something. We were, and we're, we're good friends. Yeah, yeah. I have no animosity cool guy. Him for this, but he was like, Hey, like I'm going to be moving in October. Um, you know, thank God I didn't buy that house in Liberty Hill. I was like, I was like, why? And he was like, well, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know, like I'd be down on it or whatever. I was like, bro, you bought, you would have bought that house at 380 and I guarantee, like I just looked at comps real quick. I was like, on the low end, you would have made 50 grand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, would have had a really great interest rate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so anyway, it's just funny how people's perspectives of, of, I don't know, I guess if you feed into the, the, the weird online energy and, and what the headlines, like that becomes your reality and well, it warped the way he thought about real estate. Yeah. I mean, and they're listening to people at home that have probably have, um, different point of views, you know, that 
Yeah. That probably aren't productive. You know, I don't know. Well, it's always, oh, sorry, go ahead. I I think there was like a time where it was getting scary, you Mm -hmm. know, because like the Fed was raising interest rates. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was kind of freaking out about recession. People were losing jobs. Like a lot of tech companies were laying people off. So I think there was just like a lot of fear. And I don't know, you know, I I do not know the future. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, they did just have the last Fed meeting, and they only raised it 25 bips. So let's go. That's not as bad. You, the past raises were like 50 or 75 mm. basis points. So it seems like they're stabilizing that. So do you think that we're in a winter of real estate? Me? Yeah, both of you. What do you mean by winter? As in like a rough time. I don't think so. I think it's all about perspective. I think if you're a buyer, you should be celebrating. Because, I mean, it, I sound like a broken record. We've talked about how if if you're in a position to buy, that's who we're talking to. We are not talking to a person who can afford a $1,000 per month apartment. Unfortunately, that is not realistic in this area. But if you are like a, you know, an individual, a family, whoever, whatever your circumstance is, and it's not going to break you, and you want something more permanent, right now, I mean, I almost feel like buying in certain areas is cheaper than renting. Yeah. Like I, didn't you say something about that recently or did you make a post or who somebody did about buying might be cheaper than renting right now, at least in the Austin area. Yeah. Because I was actually talking to one of my other realtor friends about it. She does a lot of rentals and she was saying that rental rates just aren't coming down as fast as we thought they would with this market. So, you know, if you're paying, Twenty-five to thirty-five hundred dollars a month in rent, like you can get a mortgage yeah. in that yeah. range. So yeah. just why not do that and build equity? Yeah, I helped a I helped a guy move here from uh, Georgia to here, and he is renting currently, but he's paying like twenty-five hundred a month. And I'm like, brother, when you get a better idea of the Austin area, like we got to get you into a home so you can start building some equity. Yeah, and I don't say that from a place of I need your sale because that's not the point. The point is you're paying as much for rent as a mortgage. Like at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And, and that's not a effective uh, use of the money, but he's getting used to the area. He's, he's brand new to Texas. So, and again, he could have bought, but it didn't make sense. Yeah. And, and that's okay. I'll never forget. I had a client that was looking for a lease in round rock or Hutto area. And, I was just doing some prequal questions when I met him. I went out there to the property, met him. He just wanted to lease a property. And he was saying he makes like seven hundred and fifty grand a year. And I was like, Man, why don't you think about buying a property? I mean, right now, this was before the big boom. I was like, right now, a lot of people are moving out here here. It, it might be a really good buy. I ended up being able to convert him from a lease to a buyer, and now his house within two years is worth double what he bought it for. That's wild. And so in reality, we're bringing value, telling the the statistics, and they make better decisions when they work with professionals. Well, that's and that's how I did it. Like That was the biggest learning experience for me is when I bought my first house here in Austin in 2020. And I was so scared because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, can we afford this? You know, our mortgage payment was going to be like $100 more than our rent was at the time. Um, And this was obviously before COVID and kind of like before the boom and everything. 
Um, and then we ended up selling it two years later to avoid capital gains. We made sure it was exactly two years. And we made like double, like we sold it for double what we bought it for. So we did that too with one of our properties. I know you guys are killing it with the property. <laughs> That's so awesome. But you just never know. That's the thing. It's like I didn't know that the market was going to go the way that it was. But I think even now that we're seeing home prices come down a touch, you guys might know more about that. But. I'm seeing houses start with a two again, which is kind of crazy. Now, I'm not saying they're in the best shape. They're, you know, some of those are. Yeah, there's some new build. Well, in Gerald. Yeah. 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 New builds in Gerald. Yeah. Gerald's uh, uh, worse off than Leander right now as far as like attractions or things to, to do. Sure. Like they've got one like kind of grocery store. Um, and it's not even like an HEB. It's pretty small. But nonetheless, like it's, Where there are options. stuff in georgetown so yeah it's about 10 minutes north of georgetown so it's just a short drive down if you need to go get your shopping eating entertainment all that done um but i did see there was a leander home that jp shared that started with like it was like 275 or something what? but again it was like a fixer upper need some work but nonetheless home prices have come down quite a bit since the peak i, I think s- things are just normalizing yeah I agree with that. I truly do. I think things are kind of just stabilizing right now. And I think, you know, if people are in a position to buy, if they have a job and they're comfortable with their finances, then it really is a good time to buy because they will have equity. I agree. Yeah. So Grace, you, you and Aaron have such strong communication skills. Like we talked about, you're, you're so good with explaining things to our clients and making them feel, even as a first-time home buyer, it can, look, uh, it can be really intimidating, mm-hmm. right? The whole process and what this and that is. And I've, I've been on those calls where you're explaining things. I've had clients be like, man, she, her communication is um, the best communication I've ever you know, had. Yeah, for, especially for like a process that they don't know. Like that's a real comforting factor there. So yeah. where does that stem from for you? Where did you learn it? I think honestly, okay, so I've always worked with women loan officers and like women mortgage teams. And what I've noticed about all the different teams that I've worked with is like women, and I'm nothing against men, but we just like have that caring gene. So like I really want to make sure my clients are comfortable. I want them to know options. Like I want them to understand the process. I want to hold their hand through it. You know, like I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and have hard conversations with people Mm -hmm. because it's so important. The last thing I want to do is let my realtor partners down. The last thing I want to do is let the clients down. The last thing I want to do is let, you know, my team down. I want to make sure we're all open with each other and address any issues up front. So that way it goes through, you know, communication is what it's all about. Yeah. Our industry is so based on communication. You talk about like bad experiences, whether it's with another realtor, with a lender, with a uh, title company, doesn't matter, or with, with a client. It all comes down to communication. That's all it is. And yeah. And, it, and relations. I mean, I feel like uh, a lot of, you know, vendors that we work with, um, they're like relational and yeah. not transactional. And although transaction is important, but like actually more than just this transaction, like she was talking about earlier, uh, you know, sending texts of pictures of the remodel or it's whatever. Like friends, yeah. I want to, I want to be friends with the people that I work with. Yeah. Like it's, it's my life, and that's important to me is to like be friends with my clients, be friends with my realtor partners and title companies and all that. You know. Did you have anybody in your family that was like that? Um. That you may have 
that may have rubbed off on you? No. No? My mom isn't kind of a natural born salesperson. Okay. She started her own business one time and just like did really well. And anything she does, she just like, like she bought that investment property that you rented out Mm. for us. Like she just, she's good with sales. She's kind of good at like. She's a little bit more of a swindler than me. Okay. But. Okay. <laughs> she's cool. she's a great communicator too. I always have a blast. Like whenever I call her, and it, it's it's a blast. She just shoots it straight, so it's funny. But yeah. 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 So um, I've got a uh, actually. I'm gonna ask a question from the notes. If that's okay. Let's go. Um, so when it comes to a buyer, um, a client is wondering if they can buy a house, but they don't know where to start. So what are the basic guidelines for getting them qualified or what they need to be qualified? Okay. So, I mean, every there's different loan programs. There's a lot of different loan programs. Um, for example, FHA, minimum credit score, usually 580. Um, conventional, 620, unless they're putting more than 20% down. So there's all those different types of things that we, we know as loan officers. So really... If a client is looking to buy, even if it's a year out, talk to a loan officer, look at your credit, get your income situated. Let's take a look at your finances. Do you have really high interest credit cards that maybe you want to pay off to reduce some monthly liability? So it's good to get a game plan in place. And that's something that's very important for you guys is um, debt to income, right? Mm -hmm. So how much debt do you have? And then how much income is coming in every month? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's uh, something that's super important when it comes to qualifying for a loan. Yeah. And each each program is going to have different requirements. So Mm -hmm. like USDA is one of my favorite programs because it's zero down. It does have to be a USDA eligible home. I know we've done a few of those together. Mm-hmm. It's a good program, but they're super strict on the debt to income ratio. So mm-hmm. if there's like anything funky there, they will just not accept it. Yeah. You know, FHA is really lenient on the debt to income ratio. So that's usually where I place clients if their maybe credit isn't so good um, and they have a higher, high, higher ratios. Um. I think it may have changed recently, but what's the income? Do you know the income limit for USDA? Uh, I think it's like one fifteen. One hundred three. Oh, one hundred three. Yeah, that's right. One hundred three. One hundred three. Yeah, and there's a calculation. So, like, when you're figuring it out, you have to determine, like, if you have kids, like, what those expenses are. Mm. It's on the USDA website. But gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so what I heard was, if you're interested in buying a home but you don't know where to get started, you need to consider your credit score, mm-hmm. your debt to income. Mm-hmm. And how about money? Like how much money does someone need to, I hear people all the time. There's like a misconception out there that you have to have 20% Mm. to be ready to buy a house. Now 20% is great because you can get rid of uh, mortgage insurance, but, or or if it's like an investment property, you would want, you know, 20% maybe. But what kind of uh, rule is there for cash? Like I know it varies because USDA is 0% down, but like what's a good, you know, rough range for people? Like, okay, this may cover my closing costs. That's a big question because a lot of buyers, like that's their biggest concern is yeah. how much money am I going to have to spend to mm-hmm. buy this house? Well, so on, if they're a first time home buyer, they can do 3% down payment. Um, FHA is 3.5% down. If they've owned a home previously and it's just a 
you know, within the last three years, and this is just a primary purchase, 5% down. So the rule to kind of remember also is like on a conventional loan, you can get up to 3% of the purchase price in concessions, but it can't eat into your down payment. So you have to come up with that 3%. Um, or three and a half percent if it's FHA. So a three hundred thousand dollar house, nine grand. Yep. And you can get to up to three percent towards closing costs. So that's up to nine grand in nine grand in total, essentially. In total. Okay. But you know, we we see on some deals like the closing costs maybe are only six grand. I'm just making numbers up. But say they're only six grand and then we have three grand left over. Mm. So that's what we could use to maybe buy down the interest rate, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, to try and increase the fees. So that way we're utilizing the full seller credit. Nice. There we go. I have a question Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to get into it because we're talking about the different loan types. Why is conventional considered the best out out of them? Conventional is just kind of like your standard Fannie, Freddie Mac loan. Mm. So it's the most. Is it considered the best? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like people like I've submitted offers that were FHA and they're like, can you convert this to a conventional? And so worried on FHA or other loan programs because they think the reason we're going FHA is maybe because they don't qualify or there's issues or there's going to, the appraisal is going to take a while. And like FHA and VA also have additional like, requirements like for minimum VA, requirements you have, you have yeah. to get the termite report and all that kind of stuff so um but i don't know because va is probably my favorite program it's okay. amazing zero percent down no mortgage insurance and it's awesome for our veterans um i love usda loans i do a ton of fha loans conventional the the main benefit is the mortgage insurance is going to be cheaper on conventional than fha um usually Okay, and also if you um, get a new appraisal and you have twenty percent equity, if I'm not mistaken, the mortgage insurance drops off. Yes, so on conventional, the mortgage insurance it'll automatically fall off on its own. I believe it's at seventy eight percent. Okay. Um, so that's just with the natural appreciation. But if you are like, hey, I think I'm at that twenty percent equity, I want to have a, I want to get it checked out. They can remove it for you, your your escrow lien holder. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what we did when we refinanced. Um, I I had not been introduced to you at the time. I would have gone through you, obviously. <laughs> but um, we bought with a USDA loan. We did zero down. I bought with John, and it cost me. Uh, I mean, essentially nothing. I got a refund at at closing, which was really cool. So I think in total, it cost me out of pocket about three hundred bucks to move into my house. Pretty crazy. Uh, 4.875% interest loan. And when I refinanced December of 2020 or 2021, can't remember, uh, we went to the conventional. My house had appreciated enough that I had that 20% threshold to drop PMI. And my interest rate went down to 28 and it dropped my payment by like three fifty to four hundred dollars. Wow. So wow. that's that's awesome. Like it I dropped lo- your monthly payment two fifty to three hundred dollars, and it only three to, cost, three to four hundred. It only cost you three hundred bucks. Yeah, to move into <laughs> my house, pretty crazy. And like that's the kind of stuff. Like when we get excited and like we're we're super proponent on home purchasing because that's not possible with rent. It's not. Mm-hmm. Your landlord dictates what you're going to pay. It's going to either force you to fork out more money. Or you're going to have to move out to a different area every year to avoid increasing rents. I love that meme that's like, 
Oh, you're renting and it's just throwing uh, throwing money in a, a burning trash can. <laughs> it's like it's just it throwing money in. Yeah. Yeah. And it, not everyone's in a, in a position to buy. Like live at I'm, home with your parents if you can. Because if you think about it, you'll end up spending like $32,000 a year on rent. Mm-hmm. Depending on what your monthly is. You might as well just live at home for free for yeah. a year and save that. Save it for the 3%. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the other crazy part to that is, you know, people who, who rent, sometimes I get this is like, they're kind of real snooty about it. They're like, well, having a, a mortgage is more expensive. It's like, you are literally throwing away. Let's look over the next two to three years. You're throwing away. If you're in Austin, probably 30 to 50 to $60,000 over that span. Wouldn't that be nice to put into a home instead? Yeah. And then just, I mean, oh, well, the market's down. Well, guess what? Wait until the market's back up, and then you can sell it and get your money back. Yeah. yeah. Or people who maybe don't know where they want to live or know if they're going to stay in Texas for very long or whatever. It's like, okay, then you have an investment. You mm-hmm. know? Yep, exactly. That's the thing is home purchase is not just the place you're going to live. Like, you're you're being forced. You are now an investor, whether you recognize that or not. Like, you have an investment, and it's one of the safest ones you can, you can do. You're buying a tangi- tangible product that generally appreciates in value and if it doesn't just wait for the market to to go up again that's yep. what someone told me they're like because i'm i'm underwater on my house right now it's a concern in my brain but my friend was like it only matters if you need to sell yep and that's so true because it's like who cares it's just like with stocks but yeah. the same i mean if you were to pay the same amount um now mm-hmm. with the interest rates now your payment would be like $1,000 more. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. I couldn't afford my house now mm-hmm. at the price we bought it for. Yeah. You know, So we did everything good, but it's just the market fluctuates. Yep. It goes ups and downs, and that's just what it is. I think the encouragement for the buyers in the market right now is that you have a better selection of homes for sale. There's more incentives. There's more leeway with your with the sellers. And if you can get into that house, you can refinance like I did. And get back into the interest rate that suits you better. And utilizing like a 2-1 buy down, that's a great way to kind of bridge the gap. Who knows what's going to happen within the next few years. But you can ask the seller to bite a little bit of the bullet for you and uh, and take the risk, right? Yeah. Imagine having a dream Corvette and it's in the parking lot of the dealership and you know, you've been saving up for so long and... One day they're like, hey, the Corvette is actually $5,000 cheaper or half off. You would be almost dumb <laughs> or stupid yeah. not to buy the Corvette, right? And right now is that time for real estate buyers to not get necessarily half off, but to get closing costs, like you just said, to, um, to have more negotiation power to buy your Corvette. You're going to miss out if you get too greedy. I'm just going to put it that way. If you are waiting for uh, 2018 pricing, I don't know if that's coming back. I really don't. Unless we have like a World War Three. Yeah, unless like everything <laughs> Real just serious. Literally, like if everything goes to hell, like yeah, yeah you know yeah. that that would be a possibility. But I mean, I think we're down like 20% from the peak, is what I read. Uh, that's unofficial stats there, but I'm and that sounds right. Um, we are down 20% on, uh, you know the average price of a home in Williamson County between the peak of the the market and now. If that if 20% off ain't good enough for you and you're waiting for 50% off or beyond, you're going to be you're going to miss out. 
I'm sorry to say it. You're just going to miss out. So anyway, back back to interviewing Miss Grace here. Uh, I'll stop my I like tangents. I listening to you guys. You're very, you're very insightful and you have a lot of good information. Well, thank you. You are as well. <laughs> um, so we're, we were just talking about, you know, you said the Fed just had their, their meeting and that they announced they were raising it. Uh, what did you call it? 25, 25 basis points. Basis points. The market's, yeah. the market's better. Yeah. yeah. But it's so cyclical. It goes up, down, up, Well, and down. that's the thing. So, I mean, when the Fed raises interest rates, it's not directly tied to mortgage rates. So... Hold on. Can you repeat that Ooh, one more yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the Fed increases their the federal funds rate, it's not directly tied to mortgage rates. Mm. So, it will increase things like short-term loans. So, like credit cards, car loans, student loans home equity loans. So I get that question a lot from clients, like, should I do a cash out or take out a home equity? And we're like, okay, well, a home equity is going to be a lot more expensive. Like I just looked it up um, for one of my clients. It was like 7.375 for a home equity loan because that is directly affected anytime the Fed raises the rate. Um, Mortgage, it's, I won't go too deep into it, but Basically, it's tied to inflation and and the overall like economic factors going on in the world today. So um, Jerome Powell, who's very um, like hawkish in the Fed, he does hawkish. I mean, when you say hawkish, is you mean aggressive? Yeah, he's aggressive. So he's the one who's been doing all these rate hikes. Um, He has admitted that inflation is coming down, which is true. It is. So that's great news. That's really good news. I mean, inflation comes down for a lot of reasons. It can be job loss, you know, people not spending as much money, like certain things like that. But that's ultimately what they were wanting to get inflation numbers back down. And when when we have news like that in the market, that's good for for mortgage rates. And I think that the inventory demand is based off of buyer confidence and honestly jobs, right? And so if you've if Austin, we've got both things mm-hmm. is we've got a lot of jobs and a lot of companies moving here. So we're actually really blessed to be yes. here. Yes. Um, but there are some smaller markets that might be suffering because yeah. of that. They don't have that. I mean, we got Tesla, we got a million other Samsung, I don't know, is Amazon here, Google, like Apple, you they're name all, it. They're all here. You name it, they're here. <laughs> Facebook. So that so that should be encouraging for you guys. And I need y'all to get out of my friggin' inboxes sending me all these things about the Fed raising rates. I don't care because it doesn't matter for this for for housing. You heard it here. It's not directly tied. <laughs> Sorry, not directly know. tied. It's not directly tied. It it has, you know, obviously somewhat of an effect. Like right. as the Fed started initially raising rates. Clearly, we saw mortgage rates go up, but it is not one in the same. So let me ask you, what is the difference between 2008 when the bubble popped and now? My Okay, so here is my thoughts on that. Back in the early days before, you know, 2008 times, there was a lot of subprime lending. What's subprime lending for those who don't know? Subprime lending is loan programs that are nowhere near as strict as they are now. So short-term arms um, where the rate would adjust after the initial period and it would go sky high. So, you know, if they locked in a rate on an arm at 3%, two years later, it's at 20%. What? So people, the other thing is, I mean, with the subprime lending, so, you know, a lot of no income loans, um, you know, 
barely so, checking credit, wow. things like that. It was so just, people would just be tell you basically, hey, I make $100,000 a year, but they didn't actually make $100,000. Yeah, it was shady. So I was not licensed back then, but you know, that's just what I hear from and from the research that I've we done all, on it. We were all in high school. Yeah, we were in high school. <laughs> we hadn't graduated yet. But then, you know, once once that happened and rates went up, people could, lost their jobs. They couldn't afford their homes anymore. The market crashed. I just, I don't think that we're in that same situation now, given how strict guidelines are. There's so much, so much more strict. Yes. And we do that. That's on purpose. Yeah. You know, so when people get mad at me because they're like, why do you need this or this? It's it's really just for your protection. It's so we don't you can pay your loan. So we don't repeat 2008. (gasps) Simple. I know. I know. And that and that gives me more hope. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much more. They are so much more stricter than they were back then. So, I mean, I should be way less worried about a bubble. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so if you're getting approved for a home now, it's not just because they're trying to get your business. It's because you have met the requirements and they feel safe lending you this money. So that's that's good for the confidence there. Um, kind of real estate related but not, do you have any crazy stories or like crazy client stories from from your experience as a lender? probably <laughs> you're like i'm gonna name every person right? it's so it's so funny because it between me and aaron like me and aaron work really 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 well together we're stuck together forever so. you guys are rock stars yeah we'll be doing this till we're 95 together i think <laughs> so um some clients really only want to talk to aaron mm. and some clients really only want to talk to me mm. so that's always fun to navigate um because some just i don't know it just is what it is. They, they like one or the other better. Um, I can't really remember a story that like a client was super horrible, but my, I do remember this, this story will stick with me forever. So this was when I, I messed up. So (laughs) this was my second deal and I was 22. So I was like fresh with no idea what I was doing and really no experience. Um, and I was trying to help this uh, mom and daughter buy a house. And I just like tried to send the loan to the underwriter. I didn't know what I was doing. And the underwriter was like, okay, well, they'll only qualify if they pay off their car. So I had them pay off their car. And then something else came up and they couldn't buy the house. Oh, no. I know. I'm like embarrassed to even admit that that happened. But it's just, I mean, it was so long ago. Yeah, so and, long ago. And the thing is, like, that stayed with me forever. And what I've also learned is like the mistakes that you make in this business, you do not forget and you do not repeat, you Mm. know, like that is just the truth of it. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good story. And thanks for being transparent about it. Yeah. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. It happens. I know. Even to I make plenty of mistakes. I actually look forward to failure because it it helps me. Like you said, not make the same mistake again. That's weird. I don't No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm. It's funny because you know what I mean. Yeah, you don't look for like you don't want it to happen, but like you take it as the learning opportunity to prevent it in the future. Yeah, and most of the times it's we're doing. I mean, it's it's nine times out of ten honest mistake. Mm, It's not like anyone's trying to screw anyone over. It's just like sometimes things get missed and. That's what happens. Yeah. I, I know that uh, one of the things that you guys have now that I think is really awesome is you have kind of a, a tool set to help people go through scenarios with like credit, 
things like that, where um, if anyone wants to reach out to you and say, hey, we're thinking about buying a home, this is our, you know, if they're, if you're willing to let me do a credit app, they can, you know, talk to you and you work with them to make a plan. What does that look like? Like, what's the, um, you know, how, how in depth does that go? And, and how, you know, do you have any stories about like something that you planned out with someone really helping them and getting them qualified? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we, it's called a what if simulator. So basically once I have someone's credit report, I can start looking at all their trade lines and maybe if they have like really high balances on some, if we pay them down, how does that improve the score? And there's been tons of times we've been able to help clients get, you know, from a 500 to a 620, stuff like that. It, you know, it can require money and it can require work. So sometimes it takes a little while. Certain things like collections, if they have a lot of like collections um, on their credit, a lot of times people don't even know that they're there. Can you explain collections versus debt? Yes. So like a collection is like, say you had a medical bill that you just never paid. Or a lot of times what happens is people move. So that doesn't get forwarded to their new address and then they forget about it or, you know, a cell phone carrier or whatever, just an account that you've had that you ultimately just like never paid. They will send it to collections. So a collection. Does collections always show up? Yes. And those dock you worse than debt, correct? Well, they just yeah, it hurts your score. Because it's like a it's like a confidence thing. Like it this hurts person, your credit score. Yeah. Okay. They really hurt your credit score. That's well, weird because I I have some toll road collections, but they I don't think they. How long ago were they? Years. So usually, like after every year, it's going to affect your scores less. So your score will. Gotcha. And most collections will fall off at about seven years unless they like reinstate them. Mm. Like I've seen that happen on a few people's credits where they're like, that was from like 10 years ago, but it says date of last activity, like last year because mm. the collection agencies like still trying mm-hmm. to get their money. No. So I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry to like veer no. off so quickly. It's what we do here. Yeah. Okay. So what are the best practices? Cause there's a lot of real estate agents that listen to this podcast. What are the best practices from a real estate agent's perspective to hand over a client to you? And then after they're under contract, what does that relationship look like? So if they're wanting the client to get pre-qualified, I love what you guys do. So you either loop me in on a group text or send me a text with their contact information. Um, a lot of times we'll get like emails with the client's copy there. That's great. We It depends. And that's where you know me and Aaron will communicate with the client. It depends if they want to get on a phone call initially or if they just want to fill out the app. And some clients just want to fill out the app, upload their documents, and then know what they qualify for. So once we're under contract, um, I mean, you guys know, I let you know mostly everything, if something comes up or when appraisal's coming in, stuff like that. So we like to stay in contact with the agents throughout the process. Um, even sometimes the listing agent too, we'll let them know. I remember when I was a, uh, a brand new agent back six years ago and I, <laughs> I wanted to know things every single day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt bad for that that lender that I worked with at that time. But do you see that a lot more often with newer agents? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's maybe their only deal that they have. And like, I get it because you want to make sure that everything's going to run smoothly. 
you know, if you don't, if you haven't worked with me before, or if you haven't even really worked with a lender before, you just don't know the process. So it can feel overwhelming and you just like to be kept in the loop and that's fine. And what I've found is that, you know, once you've got so many deals in the pipeline, uh, I can just honestly just hand it off to you. You take it you take it over. We we work on the inspection side, we work on the negotiation side, and then after option period, really, I mean there's not much except for the walkthrough and then I mean make sure that the appraisal goes out in time, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's really easy as a newer agent to to be like I feel like I need to be doing something every day for this transaction. Yep. And it's like no, like you can it things kind of ease up a little bit after option period's over and, and then you just make sure you're taking care of the client you're staying in communication again one thing we love about grace is if anything does pop up she's going to let us know she's going to give us a call and also agents make sure that once you hand it off to the lender you're going right back into building your pipeline right and because too many people waste too much energy and capacity worrying about one deal and what happens is they totally forget about lead generating more deals yeah you get that thing closed and then it's like crap i've got nothing else to work on yep you gotta like when you are done or at a certain point in that transaction it's time i mean i don't ever feel like we ever let up on lead generating it's it's so constant for us but that's something that we had to learn Mm -hmm. and it was easy like I, i remember my first deal I was like so excited I got a deal and I was under contract and I was like, cool, like I can retire now. But it's like, no, like you got to keep going. Uh, we, we need more business and close more deals to fund more fun stuff and, and, and build relationships and just keep it going because that money will come and go quick. It will. It will. And I know so many agents that, that like you said, will get that big check and then three months later, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Where are my next deals coming I from? Know. Yeah. Yeah. It's- it's a constant, you know, yeah. you always got to be hustling. And, you know, I feel like I'm glued to my computer a lot because with mortgages, like it's so detail oriented and there is stuff that can come up throughout the process. Like, you know, the underwriter has their own set of, of services that they have to run on each client. Like we just had a cash out refinance we were trying to do. Um, and this didn't report on her credit, but she was, um, her, her mortgage that we were trying to refinance was a private lender. So it didn't appear on her credit report as like a traditional trade trade line. And basically they're trying to foreclose on her. Mm. So we didn't find that out until we got to underwriting. So it's just like, because we can't run all the reports that the underwriter runs. So sometimes it's just like, you got to be involved through the whole mortgage process pretty much. I notice you're also very, uh, you're very up to date on what's going on. I feel like you check the news for anything like mortgage related every single day. Barry Habib. He's my savior. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Who's this? Barry Habib. Barry Habib. MBS Highway is his website and he posts like morning updates. Okay. Um, with, you know, anything that came out in the news, CPI reports, all that kind of stuff. Let me just and write this down. <laughs> it is a cost thing. You have to buy it. Okay. But it's I don't think it's that expensive. And I think there's a free version. You just don't, like, get all the stuff. Right. Gotcha. But it is a really good way to watch the interest rates. And that's why – and I get texts on my phone, like, four times a day if we're up or down in the market, alerts to lock. You know, like, it's – those are all tools that I've recently added in. 
And I think it's made me a way better loan officer. You are not going to get that with a big box company. I'm telling you, you're just not. That kind of service, that dedication to, to being on top of the, the game, that's why Grace is awesome. Did y'all hear that? She gets texts throughout the day about <laughs> if she should lock in interest rates because it's probably at the best time to lock it in. Like, no, you're not going to get that from a bigger lender. So, uh, no. yeah, that's crazy. Well, this has been awesome. It's It's been very informative. Um, we appreciate you coming and, and talking with us and, and with the listeners. We hope it has been informative. Tell everyone where they can get in contact with you. Wait, 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 wait. Before this, and I'm sorry to interrupt, usually every podcast we try to give out one tip. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to give you the honors. Okay. And do you have any tips for buyers when it comes to buying a house? Keep your, if you have credit cards, keep your balance at 30% or lower than the full credit limit. So if you have like a $10,000 credit limit, try and keep your monthly balance at three grand or less. Ooh, I like that. That'll help keep your score going. That was a great tip. Agents. And on the spot. I know. Agents, tell your clients this. This is information. This is value that you can give to your clients that is going to be helpful. And look, we don't need to sell you anymore. This is the person to work with. If you're in Central Texas and you're an agent... Grace is the person to help you and your clients out at a very high level. Not too many of you, though, because she's working with our clients. Yeah, we still need the priority. <laughs> so, like, You guys are number one priority all the time. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here first. <laughs> we get priority. <laughs> so, so how can people get a hold of you? Um, okay, so our website, website is um, bowersockteam.com, and that's where you can check out me and Aaron, fill in an app. Um, her Instagram, which is kind of like the company Instagram, is um, Bowersock Team. And then mine is just my name, Grace E. Trip. But I don't really post enough. I'm trying to post more mortgagey stuff on there. It's just hard for me. It's the only reason I've got social media now is all real estate stuff. Send me some clips from this and I'll post them. There we go. I'm going to give you one more tip. Before we, before we uh, cut it off, what she was saying earlier is... Always, when you get a new client, make sure they're pre-qualified, obviously, when it comes to buyers. But as soon as you can, um, usually I'll say, hey, have y'all talked to any lenders yet? And 99% of the time, they'll say no. I'll say, okay, perfect. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a group chat with you and uh, Grace. She's on our team. I usually position it as, hey, she's on our team. She works with most of my clients. And then uh, so once we get on that group chat... Then it's an easy handoff. Yes, I love that. That's a solid way to do that. So it works yeah. really well. Jordan, close us out. Awesome. Well, guys, as always, this is a totally free podcast. I hope that you got something of value today. This was awesome. Yeah, this is so packed full of info. Like, we can't be bigger advocates for why you need local lenders for your clients if you plan on serving them at a high level. If you don't, Get the hell out of the business. Hey, I was and looking at the stats for how many people are listening, and it's growing like crazy. Yay. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for sharing, and we're going to ask you to keep doing that. So write us a review. 
Let us know if this has been valuable for you and share it with a friend who's in real estate. Um, or if you're looking to, you know, to get started with your home buying process, you got someone here who can help you. You've got two awesome rate agents that are ready to help you as well. Another thing is, is we are going to start planning to do more classes and get you guys in person and meeting up with us. And we're just going to go real deep into tactics and strategies on how to be a top producer. Yeah. Without giving away too much, we have so much planned for what this is going to become. So we're so excited that you're along for the ride and we look forward to meeting you guys in the future and just continuing to provide a lot of value. So like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.